This is a Bible study for chapter 22, the last chapter of Revelation. Dear God, please be with us as we read this. Please bring to mind anything that you want to us to think about and um, help us apply this to our lives and take action on the words that you gave us. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name on their forehead, and his name will be on their foreheads. They will there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servant the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of this prophecy written in the scroll. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard, when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of the scroll. Worship God. Then he told me, do not seal up, do not seal up the words of this prophecy of the scroll because time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right and let the holy person continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, let the one who is thirsty come, And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. 
I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in the scroll. And if anyone takes words away from the scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in the scroll. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. So going back, I'm going to go through the study guides, questions and answers on chapter 22. Question, what does the water flowing from the throne of God symbolize? Some think the water, the flowing water refers to the Holy Spirit. Others think it refers to the promise of eternal life. Still others think it refers to the abundant life that God gives to his people. All these ideas may be intended in this symbol. Question, how are the leaves for the healing of the nations? The tree of life will produce abundant fruit for eating. It will also have medicinal value for the final healing of the nations, those included in the New Jerusalem. This symbolizes the completeness of Christ's redemption in overcoming the effects of sin through his death. So powerful is the effect of Jesus' death that it completely redeems and restores what was lost in the first garden, eradicating sin forever. Question, what curse comes to an end? This may mean the curse placed on creation and humanity because of Adam's sin has finally come to an end. Images from the Garden of Eden before sin entered the world dominate um, Revelation chapter 22. The world was accursed when sin entered it, but now in the new garden, the curse has been abolished because evil no longer exists. Perfect intimacy with God replaces evil and its curse. Question, how soon and near are the events of this book? There are those who think John was mistaken to believe that Jesus would return quickly, but these words probably underscore the immediacy, not the timing, of Christ's return. Jesus may come at any time, so every generation should expect his coming. Why does the angel give up on wrongdoers and the vile? Some see the angel's words as an exhortation to repent, since the return of Christ will be swift and at an unexpected time. There won't be time to seek forgiveness at that moment. Others see these words as a warning that repeated actions form character, do something long enough, and there becomes a point when character has been firmly set and cannot be changed. Question, whom do these dogs represent? This is a term that pictures that pictures wickedness, traitors, the heathen, and Judaizers are called dogs. Question, how is Jesus the root and the offspring of David? Jesus is identified with the prophecy of Isaiah that announced that the Messiah would come forth as a shoot from the stump of Jesse. How is, question, how is Jesus the bright morning star? As the light of dawn approaches, the morning star announces the start of a new day. The dark night is past. Jesus is the hope of the world for the end of sin and tribulation. As it was foretold, a star will come out of Jacob. Question, why include a final warning about adding or subtracting from this book? 
John didn't want anyone to distort this message, which was given by a revelation from Christ. There are other similar warnings in the Bible, like in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2, Proverbs chapter 30, verses 5 through 6, Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. And that's the end of the question and answer for this chapter 22. And I have to say that I was mistaken because I was, from memory, that's why it's so good to keep going back over scripture again. I was thinking that the the water coming from, um, it's actually from God's throne, not from the temple um, that has, but actually we we should read about the um, Ezekiel chapters too, because for some reason I think it's also in there. So the last chapters of the prophet Ezekiel will be worthwhile looking at because I do believe it talks about water coming from the temple. So, um, but then here, clearly, this is talking about that the water's flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. It's not talking about a temple, and we know that the temple doesn't exist. So a lot of times there are foreshadowing in Scripture so prophecies happen and they are a foreshadowing of or a preview of future events. So they may have assumed to have been already um, happened, but then they happen again. It's kind of like the history repeats itself thing. Well, this happens in the Bible as well. And so there are things like the other thing that stood out to me as I was reading this where um, it says, in it's, it's verse 10, said, Then he told me, Do not seal up the words of this prophecy of the scroll because the time is near. If you think about the prophet Daniel in his book, it says when Daniel is given this vision of the end times, it he is told, Roll up this scroll right now because it's not for you anymore. Roll it, roll it up and go on your way. So it wasn't being revealed to Daniel at the time when he saw the vision, but yet then John sees the vision and then John is told, you need to share this with everybody. So I thought that was kind of interesting that I just, when I was reading that, it's like the same words that were given to Daniel, only Daniel was told not to go any further with it, but John was told, yes, you got to tell everybody about this. And then again, the, um, so God's kingdom, there will no longer be any curse. I mean, kind of what I talked about in the last chapter were things that were talked about, again, from this question and answer in the Bible study. Um, And the whole thing about, you know, there's not going to be any more night. That's what it says. So uh, we'll just have to see what that is like. But just trust God with um, it's going to be amazing. And, And then I think, I just think it's really important, like, Often God repeats things multiple times when he wants to um, make people take notice of it. And again, this is like the very last few paragraphs of this chapter, the very last book, where again, it is saying, blessed are those who wash their robes. Well, that's symbolic of repentance, of changing you know, it's like that um, parable of God um, inviting everybody to the wedding and people are refusing, they're busy, they've got something else to do, they can't go. And so then God says, okay, invite everybody. And so everybody gets invited and then somebody shows up and he's not dressed appropriately. 
and he gets thrown out of the wedding. And these were, this was like several chapters ago that I, this came to mind or something, but again, it's coming to mind. Um, but the first time I read that, I thought that doesn't seem to make sense because you invited them. So if you invited them, then how, why are they getting thrown out? That didn't seem to make sense, but there's a preparation that has to happen. If you, you can't stay in your old clothes, you can't stay in your old self. You have to become a new creation. The only way you become a new creation, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. You need God's Holy Spirit. You need to, first of all, acknowledge that you have sinned and want to change that. There has to be a willingness, a desire to change it, and then go to God and then ask for the Holy Spirit to begin to change you. And that does happen. It happens not by ourselves. We don't do it ourselves. Um, It's something that God does. God works in us when we are really truly sincere about wanting to be in God's kingdom. And so again, I just want to go through these things, these aspects of people who will not be in God's kingdom, because at some point, I think we can all identify with one or more of these things. And these are things that need to change. I mean, if God's mentioning these twice, if Jesus is revealing this to John two times in, in one vision that he has, he plus he tells the churches the same things, then we have to take this to heart. So it says, um, first of all, you have, to, you have to put on your new clothes. You have to wash your robes. That's something that says, um, that they may have the right to the tree of life. So it, you have to prepare yourself because if you don't prepare yourself, you don't have the right to the tree of life. That's what this is saying right here. And and may go through the gates into the city. Now it says outside are the dogs. And so those are just, you know, that's a, a description of um, wickedness is what that refers to. And... Um, those who practice magic arts, so anybody who's in occult type practices, you know, if you want to be in God's kingdom, you got to stop all of it. There's all these kind of things like, just don't do it. Like, um, it's go to God for anything that you want to um, have corrected in life, had made right, have made um, good. Go to God for that. Don't go to other things because you're opening up doors to demonic realms that will only lead you into eternal separation from God. Um, Then it goes the sexually immoral. So I know that's so prevalent throughout our world. Like everything that the only way that God condones any kind of sexual activity is within a marriage and so anyone who is acting outside of a marriage, uh, this is, you know, something that nobody wants to address. But do you want to know the truth or do you want to be comforted by a lie and then end up separated from God? So it's important. If you don't believe me, look through scripture and pray to God about it because I'm, I can guarantee that God will make it clear to you. It's not that it's things that if God's word that are uncomfortable for people, they certainly are. They're hard for people to adhere to, but truth is truth. You can't make a lie truth and expect to not have the consequences of the truth. So then it's the idolaters. Um, That's another thing that I think a lot of people can be guilty of. Um, What do you put before God? Is God your first priority? 
Do you put your career first? Do you put money first? Do you put another person before God? Um, all those things. I mean, you have to think about that. What is first in your life? Who is first in your life? It, you know, God wants that to be him. And that doesn't happen overnight. First of all, you got to get to know God. None of us put something in in a priority in our life if we don't know it. We're if it's if it's a stranger, they are not a priority in our life. That's the way God is too. If God is a stranger to you, that means he's not a priority in your life. But the closer you get to God and the more you start seeking him, he will become a priority if you grow to love him and obey his commandments, be willing to obey his commandments, then he, you're, he's going to become a, he's going to become the priority in your life. I know for me personally, I had an issue with that. Like I knew that God was supposed to be the priority, but I, um, especially like when my kids were really little, I, they would be they were my priority. And I even like, I even prayed about that, you know, knowing that my kids were like, I, I just didn't understand how that could be. That's, and it's probably just because I was blinded at that time. You know, God wasn't my priority at that time. But over time, and I kept like struggling with that. So in a way, that was kind of idolatry, you know, putting my children first before God. And, um, and that was something that I really did struggle with for a very long time. But one day, all of a sudden, it just like became clear to me, God gave me these children. I wouldn't have these children if it hadn't been for God. So God permitted or allowed that to happen. God created that, made that happen. And if God gave them to me, God can take them. And that's when I realized God is the priority, and that I understood why God was the priority and my children were not the priority. I still love my children, and I still want the best for them, and they are still, you know, they're like right after God, <laughs> um, my priority, and um, they will always be, you know, right after God, and um, that's just the way that it happened for me. So I know for other people, you know, it happens to all of us. I mean, there's a point in time where we're going to have something that's more important to God. And um, that's something that each of us needs to work out with God. And then um, it says, everyone who loves and practices falsehood. And that can apply to Christians, because Christians who are believing a fake Christian religion that isn't telling you the truth, or they're only giving you a part of it, or they're telling you all these different things you need to do, but yet you don't know Jesus, you don't know God, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't seek him. And um, you just do the check the box, kind of go to church on Sunday, and um, then forget about him the rest of the week. That's, you know, that's not a relationship with someone. Um, a relationship with someone involves more time spent with that person. And that's what God wants from people. He wants a relationship with us. He wants people to turn to him. He, you know, he has these amazing things that are stored up for all those who 
do establish a relationship with him. And really that's, you know, the, the thing that I just want, you know, you don't have to go to a church, but you need to pray. You need to know God. You need to um, read scripture. You need to know what's in the Bible. That's really important because what's in the Bible is truth. And um, it's important to know what's in there and um, to read read the books. And especially like this one says, if anybody takes away or changes this, I know there's some talk right now about AI and certain countries that are looking at changing the words of scripture. Well, it's not going to go so well for them. Um, that's, you know, there's clear that clear to me that God is judging some of these things that are happening. Um, if we look historically in biblical times, God used certain weather events to bring judgment upon people. Some of the things that God used were floods, um, hail, um, fire. Um, those are all things that God historically has allowed to bring judgment on people. So I think we need to look at what's happening. Earthquakes are another thing. Um, and we need to pay attention to those, those world events. Do you think God is happy with, with mankind and how we are living and how we um, are prioritizing him? I mean, I think for the majority of the world, is the majority of the world putting God first? It certainly doesn't seem like it from what I see, um, but there are some who do. And, and so it's, it's a matter of turning towards God. That's constantly what God has asked for throughout the entire Bible. He always said, like, you know, if you turn towards me and repent, then you're, you will, you know, all things will go well. It doesn't mean like we're not going to have some suffering, but the end result, the um, eternity, the eternal placement that we will have is something that we look forward to. So faith is believing in the things that are unseen. And the only way that we can believe in things that are unseen is through scripture. Our faith grows through scripture. So reading scripture, asking the questions, getting answers from scripture, that will grow your faith over time if you if you take some time and, and get into it and um, stay with it because it does grow your faith. Um, I can speak from experience because I never did this until four years ago. So it, it really did change my life after reading the Bible. So um, I hope that you consider doing that. And um, this podcast that I've created is going to just be all about things that are biblically related. And I will probably continue to do some Bible studies on different books of the Bible and hopefully I will be able to turn this into more of a regular podcast where people are interviewed and people can, we can have conversations about different aspects of the Bible and um, just talk about um, things that people struggle with or um, whatever it may be. So if you have any suggestions or comments about the way that I'm doing these, please, I want to make it better. So please, you know, make suggestions and um, I hope that this benefits you. If it does, please share it with others and um, may God bless you.